Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve Barber, and joining me is my co-host, Joylan Davis. Say hello, Joylan. Hey, everybody. And today, as a special guest, we have a wrestler from the NWA, also tried to true pro wrestling, Matthew Mims. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing well, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, thank you for coming on and joining us. Hey, it's always fun to do these. So I always like when I get asked to do them, I always jump at the chance. Yeah, uh, we, we, we certainly appreciate it. So, um, and I've been, been trying to catch up, you know, with some of your matches and, and two of the ones I thought maybe probably your most two recent matches against the same guy, actually, against Scion, against uh, him at High Voltage and at the latest pay-per-view, which was just this past weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so I think what they wanted to do, uh, just because all these matches, I'll go ahead and spoil a little bit of stuff. Uh, they are pre-recorded. So for the match that just came out last week, uh, which was part one of the show by any means necessary, which was presented by Tried True Pro, but it was definitely a joint operation with the NWA. Uh, they wanted to kind of hype that that match. So the match we had, as far as I've heard, in the bag, everybody like really loved it. The fans really loved it. They went really, they went really crazy for it. And honestly, I had a great time uh, during the match. Honestly, I wanted a different outcome. As you saw, <laughs> we were definitely uh, beating the poop out of each other. So <laughs> I was, uh, I was ready to come for a different outcome. But overall, after getting to watch the match myself, I was definitely very proud of my work. Uh, honestly, like I said, still one of that W. But I was okay with at least what we kind of had accomplished there that that we put something really great together um, in that fight. And so with part one being out there before it actually got to be seen by any of the NWA fans or the hashtag NWA fan, whatever you like to call them, um, they wanted to hype that match up by reminding people exactly why this match was happening or exactly where there might be a little bit of history there. Because in that match, you see, we kind of get into it really quickly. It, it doesn't yeah. go from your your typical, hey, they lock up, they chain around, uh, they may move to something else, then frustration comes up. No, it was pretty much frustration from the jump just because of the fact that in the match that they replayed on high voltage for the YouTube audience, that was actually a match all the way back in June. If I remember correctly, I think it was oh, June wow. 22nd, uh, whenever the match premiered. And so with that match, it was, uh, if I remember correctly, I think it was uh, Scion's debut. So in that one, I definitely got caught slipping and I definitely had to uh, learn a lesson. Uh, and coming into this match, I was definitely somebody who had a chip on my shoulder coming into it. So if there were any mistakes to be made uh, and lessons to be learned, they're definitely going to be mine just because obviously I wasn't exactly the happiest camper in the room. <laughs> when it came to coming into this match, because this is my opportunity to go ahead and beat the guy who is not only somebody who's already given me a lesson to learn in the first place, because I don't like to say that I lose. And that's not a delusional thing. I like to say that they're learning opportunities every time you do lose a match. It's an opportunity to learn, to grow and to get better because nobody becomes a champion, but just winning all the time. You don't understand what it is to be a champion, what it is to be a real competitor if you only win. Because you gotta know what it's like to lose to, 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 to really be a full-fledged champion, be a, a full-fledged pro wrestler, be a full-fledged athlete. You have to understand what it's like to lose. So that's why I was calling learning opportunities. But I came in there uh, yeah, in Oakland, Kentucky, you're going to do that. Earlier, that you oh, what was it? About that. I, said, I saw on your Facebook earlier, um, I like that you put that um, every match is a, is a lesson, win or lose. You've always, you know, you're always trying to learn a lesson. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's just that I think people can learn a lot more from losing than they can from winning. I mean, because winning doesn't tell you anything's wrong. Right. And I always, always stress that whenever it comes to any of the coaching that uh, I've done for people, whenever I've done any personal training, uh, anything to hype people up for events or, you know, being in somebody's corner whenever they're having their own wrestling match or whatever they may be doing. Even the same thing with my coaches, whenever they coach me and train me in the art of pro wrestling, that... I can't learn anything if I feel like I'm perfect. I can't learn anything if I'm always successful and I never have any setbacks. You have to tell me what's wrong before I can perfect that. You can't get to perfection by thinking you're already there and having no slip ups. So that was kind of the the mindset I had coming into that match in uh, part one of by any means necessary. So I think it was nice that we kind of had a little bit of callbacks to people who may have not seen it on the Fight TV app all the way back in June. They got to see exactly 
why this match came to be if they went ahead and they came back to watch uh, part one by any means necessary. Okay. Wow. And before you said you were a coach, I was even thinking, okay, this guy ought to be a coach somewhere, but then you said you had. I'm like, okay, that's perfect. <laughs> so, Well, as for pro wrestling, I haven't been a coach, but just but, uh, I've done a little bit of personal training. Uh, me, myself, I've definitely powerlifted as a hobby, uh, but I've also competed here and there, you know, small competitions, but I've also helped train other people uh, to kind of get ready for their powerlifting competitions. I've also trained other people whenever it came to, you know, small things like football, um, a little bit, a little bit of wrestling there too, just because I have a little bit of an amateur background. Uh, so definitely been in people's corners to kind of coach them along so they can kind of reach those higher echelons they're looking for. Wow. Uh, so how long have you actually been in the professional wrestling business? Uh, it will be, I think it was three years on the 15th of July. Okay. Yeah. So just this past year, I hit my three year mark. All right. And so what originally inspired you to become a wrestler? Uh, honestly, I've always kind of wanted to be a pro wrestler once I finally actually got into wrestling. Uh, as I've said sometimes before, whenever people have asked me, I definitely had to sneak around and watch wrestling whenever I first uh, started viewing it. My mom was not a big fan of it, uh, but the inspiration really came, I could say more of the motivation because inspiration was always there. Everybody wants to be a pro wrestler. You know, when you see it on TV and you see the lights, you see the big screens, you see the crazy crowds, everything like that. You want to be a pro wrestler. You want to be the guy to get that. Uh, so really what inspired me to do it was my best friend and also my tag partner, whenever we're out on the Indies, uh, Miguel, Miguel Robles, AKA Migs, M-I-G-S instead of the M-I-M-S like myself. And so he kind of meeting him, meeting him back in school, he kind of gave me his whole spiel about wanting to be a pro wrestler. And at that time, like, yeah, pro wrestling was cool, but wanting to be a pro wrestler you kind of seem like a nerd. You kind of seem like a dork by saying that. <laughs> and he was the one person to stand up and be proud and say that at every point in time that he could. And he he was very inspired to make sure they lost a lot of weight, uh, joined the amateur wrestling program that we had just in, just in middle school, all the way out through high school. And just for the pursuit of being a professional wrestler. And it was all because he went to a book signing. Uh, I think it was a book signing for Jericho, actually. And he just gave me the advice to go to Lance Storm, go to Canada, get trained at his school. It's the best school in the world. I'm giving you that advice. I think if you do that, you have a very great chance of being in WWE or doing whatever you want with professional wrestling. And so he took that and that inspired him to go ahead and make for sure that in his mind, he was going to be a professional wrestler. And this is this is a kid who's what, 13, 14, whenever that happened. And then we meet. He tells me that he was the one kid in school. Everybody knew like, oh, this kid wants to be a pro wrestler. Oh, what a dork. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> but, you know, uh, he kept that same that same idea, that same like, I guess you can call it bullheadedness uh, up until we were seniors in high school. And we became very close. And uh, it was because we were I had joined in on amateur wrestling for a little while. And so I think this was like a year into training with them. And he still had the exact same mindset. Nothing had shook him about it. And this is somebody going from middle school, getting called a dork about it, all the way through high school. You know, those awkward years. And kids are mean. They're, they're super duper mean, especially in high school. <laughs> and he's still got the same attitude, the same idea. And, you know, he was my training partner throughout most of the time I was in amateur wrestling, uh, just because our weight classes were so close together. So kind of hearing him say that, and keeping with that same mindset, I kind of thought to myself, why can't I do the same thing? I was just as big of a fan, if not even bigger than he was, uh, then why can't I do it? I mean, he's we're at the same high school. We're in the same town. He's not got anything that's way better than me or any direct opportunities that are better than what I have. You know, maybe, maybe our family, maybe my family didn't have as much money as his family did, but still, I can kind of make something of myself just like he can because he's so determined to do it. And it kind of inspired me to have the same determination. It just took a couple of years until I decided, ah, football isn't what it is for me. Amateur wrestling isn't what it is for me, but pro wrestling is exactly what it is. And that also spawned off of just one conversation we had to just, you know, put up or shut up and go ahead and do this. So uh, that's kind of the inspiration for me was just having a very close friend, my absolute best friend, still my best friend to this day. We still tie together to this day, even though it may not be on NWA television. 
but I would definitely say watch out for Miguel on NWA television. I'm sure he's going to be there because the man is an absolute genius in the ring, uh, even though he doesn't act like it outside of the ring. <laughs> but that man is actually my inspiration for professional wrestling and in the whole start of me getting into it so if anybody wants to blame anybody for how bad or her, how great of a wrestler I am blame that man blame that man I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him I actually did find one of your matches it was it was obviously a tag team match um against so the team something squared I just watched it like less than an hour ago um yeah uh, I think that was a fair show we did out in Kentucky this summer. Yes. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, there's not way too many of our tag team matches recorded. I think there's some student show matches we may have on the internet for, you know, Try and True Academy. Uh, I, I think those are probably private by now. Uh, there's definitely, there's one training match of myself and him that apparently I was told was private, but some some of my friends have somehow seen. They're just like, yeah, I loved you guys' training match against each other. What? I don't know how people found it. <laughs> um, that and then probably one of my favorite matches we've ever had. Uh, and honestly, one of the best matches I've ever had as a tag team competitor, uh, especially with Miguel. Uh, we, we did it a show early this year, and I don't think it's gotten to the Internet yet. It was for uh, Coastal Championship Wrestling, and uh, it was against... Uh, Vinicius and uh, a very, very popular Chilean actor by the name of Ariel Levy. And the match was absolutely bonkers. They're great competitors. And, and we were definitely, uh, we were definitely not the, the most uh, sweet mood. We were pretty, we were pretty uh, sour. So we were a little <laughs> bit nasty to them in the crowd, but I think it was a fantastic match. We really want to see what we can do at our absolute best, but hopefully that'll get released at some point soon. CCW will, show that match to the light of the rest of the world. People will be able to see what the, uh, we call ourselves the big leaguers, what we can do. Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. So you trained at the tried and true Academy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, from the beginning all the way up to this point. Now, so who are some of your trainers there? Oh yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of people that were involved in my training in some sort of way. So if, and I like to think that it takes a village to raise a child usually have to say that. Uh, so especially when it comes to raising a pro wrestler to making the best possible pro wrestler you can get, have a lot of people put their hands into the the pot of, of training. And so uh, from the beginning, it obviously the, the, the tried and true Academy is owned by Crimson. And he's somebody that I chalk up as my mentor. And still to this day, I always come to him for advice uh, just because he's he's one of the he's one of the top people I can trust in the business to tell me right from wrong. And then also tell me, uh, yeah, that, that one kind of stunk. That wasn't too great. So obviously you have Crimson, who's involved with my training. Uh, Jeremiah Plunkett was technically my official beginners trainer. Uh, they, they put that over a little bit in NWA. Uh, his very first match in the NWA was with me. My oh, very wow. first match okay. in the business was with Jeremiah Plunkett three years ago, July 15th, at a student show. Uh, so it was kind of, it was, a, it was a pretty sweet experience to be able to kind of break him into the NWA as he broke me into the entire business uh, just three years prior. So with that, you have Jeremiah Plunkett, you have Crimson. Uh, for my intermediate set of training, because we didn't just go through the typical, hey, you get 12 weeks, go out there and figure it out. Uh, we have a very robust training program at the Tried and True Academy. And so um, I also had Crazy Steve as my trainer before he went back to Impact. So just okay. a short time before he went back. Okay. Uh, and Crazy Steve was a fantastic trainer. He's the one that definitely, his aspect of training is what made me so comfortable in the ring to where I feel like I can stand there in the middle of the ring doing nothing in front of probably 50,000, however many people or whatnot, be completely comfortable. I wouldn't be one of those guys who shy away from it because he got me used to that experience of being in front of you. And then uh, obviously for my last bit of training, uh, you have Tom Latimer, who is the head trainer for my advanced training. He's the guy who basically got me TV ready. And that's what our advanced training course was for, was for getting us ready for the indies, making for sure that not only are we able to compete on the indies, but we are usually the best guys in the show. And we get that a lot from me, Miguel, uh, any of the other guys who train with me and all, any of the other women who train with me, 
we always get, hey, you guys were some of the best things on the show. You guys are absolute stars. You guys not only look like stars, you, you act like professional, stuff like that. When we get those compliments, it's because of the fact we've had great training from those three trainers, my mentor, Crimson, uh, and also one of my other mentors who was there every step of the way with my training. Uh, you guys may know him on NWA Power as Danny Deals. Yes. But uh, that is, to me, that is, and to everybody else that knows him well, that is Uncle Tony Lucasio. And he's an absolute mastermind business. And so he's been a big help for all my training. And, you know, I've, I've had people kind of, you know, stick their hands a little bit in my training here and there and whatnot. I've, I've definitely done a couple seminars here and there uh, to really like hone my craft. Uh, just just off the top of my head, I know Jack Stane has had a little bit of, of a hand in my training. Nick Aldis himself has had a little bit of a hand in my training. Uh, Jerry Lynn definitely was a big help. Tom Pritchard uh, was a big help into my training. Uh, both of the referees, uh, both of the twin brothers, the King brothers, they were actually there for my very first seminar before I even got started on training. And they kind of let me know uh, just kind of how they acted and how warm and, and helpful they were. They kind of let me know that, hey, this pro wrestling thing, I could actually do this. And this was just a, this was just a little seminar to see where we were at. You know, so I was definitely scared and shaking in my well, I didn't have boots yet. I'm shaking in my shoes. <laughs> but so, yeah, there's some pretty well-known names there um, oh. that I'm hearing. <laughs> so, I mean, that, oh, that's yeah. amazing. Um, what do you consider some of your biggest accomplishments? I mean, because I think, I know for me, just hearing like you've um, actually got to actually deal with like Tom Pritchard and and Jerry Lynn. I mean, to me, that's already a big accomplishment. And then definitely being part of the NWA. But what do you consider some of your biggest accomplishments? Uh, honestly, uh, some of the big milestones that I've met in professional wrestling, some of them are sentimental. So uh, probably the first one that I really had was obviously having my very first match in front of my family. Uh, that was a big deal for me, having it in front of my mom, my dad, um, my sisters, my niece. Uh, that was a really big deal for me and having that with my trainer who I'd highly respected. And also I was surprised I was even going to have a match with him. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know I was doing well enough in the class and he was willing to let me have that match with him. And uh, from there, it would probably be, uh, we had one little expo show and, you know, hey, sometimes it happens to where you don't have the biggest crowd for a show, but it was in, it was in, it was in the high school gym, the high school that I went to that I could literally look upstairs and see where me and my tag partner, we used to wrestle for amateur wrestling and be able to say that, hey, I'm downstairs now in a professional wrestling ring, wrestling somebody else who I went to high school. Not, not, not Miguel himself, another guy by the name of uh, Deontay Marshall, or as he's called on the Indies, uh, Merrick Marshall, uh, all-star, if, if you, if you want to go a little bit further with the nicknames or whatnot, and being able to wrestle him in that ring, somebody I used to play football with and, uh, and I've known for a long time, it was kind of really surreal for me to be able to look up and see, you know, Kenwood up on the walls and be able to do that. It didn't matter how many people were there. It was just the fact that I was in that school and I was able to bring something that was very important to me at that time uh back home because outside of tried and true pro there isn't really a lot of other promotions in the Clarksville Tennessee area there's there's not too many promotions that are still kind of close to the city like this so it's not so often I get to kind of bring my craft home be able to show that off in front of the people that I love so that was a big thing for me and then obviously you know when Miguel came into the program because like I said he got trained uh by Lance Storm in his beginner training he came into the academy at my behest because I wouldn't leave him alone about it. Yeah. Getting the training <laughs> best friend, getting to have that that first official tag team match. The very first one was at another student show, and lo and behold, it was against the War Kings. So that was another big deal for me, being able to have basically my second actual actual match in front of people have that match and for like with Crimson and Jackson. It was a really big deal for me. And honestly, uh, we got beat all the way up. We got, oh my goodness, <laughs> they, they beat us up. They, 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 they absolutely trounced us. I never get to use that word, but they they definitely trounced us. It was uh, almost no contest, but <laughs> it was definitely a fun experience, a very painful one, but a very fun experience. Definitely like it 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 was a big milestone for me. And so uh, it was definitely something that had me nerve wracked and I was so nervous to go ahead and do that. And I 
it's it's hard to compare any other moment where I was that nervous. And I've definitely wrestled like against the War Kings multiple times after that, probably three or four times after that. But that first time, that was such a great experience and kind of to be in the ring with Crimson and Jax and be in the ring with two guys I respected so much that really could test my mettle and tell me if this was the right thing for me or not. And afterwards getting told, yeah, man, you know what you're doing. You guys, you guys are on your way. You guys have some potential. And kind of getting to hear that and knowing it's coming from two people that would never kind of sugarcoat it for me. They would never just tell me, oh, yeah, you're, you're, oh, you're fine, and just go on about their day just to get you out of their face. Those two people actually meant it. And obviously, they, they knew what they were talking about. Here we are. And then, you know, from there, just obviously the, the biggest milestone ever, uh, being on NWA Power. And I guess probably the latest one was wrestling Coach Plunkett on NWA power. That was a big thing for me. I've always wanted Plunkett to be in NWA because he's somebody that I saw as the perfect candidate to be in the NWA. The man is one of the hardest workers I know. He's been all over the world. And this guy is one of the best wrestlers on the planet. And I feel like it was it was always this weird injustice that this man wasn't like front and center on some major promotion being shown off to the world. And it was great for me to be able to be the person to break him in and show not only like myself in him that he's he's worth everything that I think he's worth but also show that to Billy Corgan and him be so excited about that so those those are all my big milestones and all the things that I've done in professional wrestling that I'm like the proudest of so far oh well the fact that you can do it with your best friend from high school I was even thinking yeah Joylan you and I maybe could do that but we're already old and crippled yeah yeah we're still <laughs> <old for> a <laughs> um so what high school did you go to I uh, we went to Kimwood High School uh, here in Clarksville, Tennessee, uh, not too far away from wherever I grew up at, uh, just probably about 10, 13 miles away. So it was, uh, eh, yeah, it was it was like a whole campus. They had like the elementary school, the middle school, and the high school all together. Uh, one of like six or seven high schools in the area now because we're, we're a big growing city, as I said. Oh, yeah, because I don't ever remember hearing about Kenwood. Dwayne, do you? No, no, I can't, can't remember. I don't think I have. Yeah, because, you know, Dwight and I, we, we both graduated from Christian County in 1991. You know, oh. so, yeah. <laughs> so, if I remember correctly, I think uh, Kenwood was created either in 97 or 98. So that's ah, probably okay. There we go. So, I was um, like five years old whenever that school was even built. Okay, and I, and I will have to give just a real quick shout out to the the Christian County uh, Marching Colonels because they just took fourth place in the state of Kentucky. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was a band geek, so I'm very <laughs> proud of them. So uh, anyway, to continue on, um, you know, so um, I didn't even ask you who were some of your favorite wrestlers. That's usually like one of the first questions I ask, and I totally missed. Oh, uh, I'm definitely somebody who can go on and on and on. This oh, is no, I'm that, no, that's, that's no, we, I'm enjoying it. Dwayne, you enjoying it? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Go yeah. ahead. Wrestlers, it's kind of not so much in a specific order, except for like the number one has always been Triple H. He's kind of the person that made me stick with wrestling that made me say, hey, it's worth sneaking around and taking a butt whooping here and there for my mom to actually watch this. Uh, I knew like the very first wrestlers I ever got to see a match of. Uh, it was Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect. I got to see them in a match. And this is obviously very early 90s. I'm a very, very, very young kid. But it's one of, the, one of the oldest memories I do have is being able to see them on the TV. And uh, really where I kind of got, like, you know, hooked on it was seeing the reception of Triple H after he came back from the quad injury. Yeah. That's where I was just like, no, I have to see this every single week. Not just, hey, I might kind of flip around. I might see something here and there. No, every single week I need to see this. Uh, so from then on, I, I probably watched at least WWF uh, to WWE. I watched that for years. I didn't stop watching. I, I still I still watch this day. So uh, that's definitely what got hooked, got me hooked on the product. So he's always going to be my favorite there. Uh, Undertaker is actually a really big favorite of mine. He's somebody that when it comes to learning about professional wrestling and studying, he's definitely somebody you need to study. Uh, and I guess all the other favorite wrestlers that I have are definitely guys that I also study too. I study them very closely. If you, one of the guys, uh, he's definitely somebody you don't get to say his name, uh, anymore just because of, you know, certain negative aspects of his life or very big negative aspects, but Chris Benoit was definitely a favorite of mine. 
Um, if you watch the match that I had with Sion, you'll notice I took a little something, something from a match that he had with uh, Dean Malenko and WCW. And it was one of my favorite WCW matches between him and Dean Malenko. And so I was like, ah, let me take that, uh, that little spot where they do the short arm scissors and he does the, the big power slam with it. Yeah, I'm going to take that one. I'm going to take Yes, that one. I did watch that. Yes, I do. I remember seeing that. And I'm thinking, all right, this dude's got some, got some strength. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, don't, don't, let, don't let me be in such a big guy fool you uh, just because I'm, what, 265 plus, something like that. Uh, Scion is also up there in weight. Like, he's, he's about 6'4", or so. He's about 230, 240. So I, I basically just lifted 230, 240 raw over my head. Yeah. So, um, uh, that, I would say Booker T's another big uh, favorite of mine. Uh, Ron Simmons, big fan of Edge, big fan of Kurt Angle. Uh, very, very big fan of Eddie Guerrero. Uh, and so there's, there's definitely more favorites there. I, like, I'd just be going on a long, long list of people that I watch their matches all the time. So I, I guess I can kind of end my list right there. But like in no specific order after Triple H, of course, as the absolute top, that's just not going to change. That man is an absolute student of the game, and he's done so much for the professional wrestling world. No matter what anybody says about a negative way or politics or anything like that, that man has been such a big centerpiece of professional wrestling for, what, the last 20, 30 years almost? Yeah. 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 Oh. So, well, you mentioned the Benoit Malenko match, uh, and I believe I've seen that one as well. I mean, and you know, if those two are going to be in a match with each other, it's going to be a clinic. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what are some of your other favorite matches that you've watched and some of your favorite matches that you've actually been involved in? Okay. So um, as for ones I've been involved in, obviously uh, the match between me and Plunkett on Power Surge, that was a really big one for me. Uh, I would say that that CCW match, if we ever get to see that on YouTube, I would love to watch it back. I still haven't got to see it myself. That's another one of my favorites. That's my favorite with me and Miguel. Um, let me see. Another match that was one of my favorites I was involved with. Uh, I would probably say two more will be from NWA Powers. The match I have with JTG. Man's a pleasure to work with or whatnot. Real stand-up dude. And honestly, that was a dream match of mine to be able to be in the ring with him. Uh, and then also my match that I had with Jax Dane at the end of the Champion Series. That was a crazy great match. I knew that's probably one of the only matches, or at least the first match I ever had that during that match. Because I'm my own worst critic. I'm a perfectionist. Whenever I see my matches or I'm in my matches, I'm always like, oh, this is terrible. People hate what's going on right now. This is so bad. I'm the worst wrestler in the world. That was probably the only match I've had to this day. And it's not to take away from any, anybody else, but it's probably the only match I've had to this day where I was just like in the middle of this match. I'm like, this, this match is fantastic in watching. And I was like, this match is absolutely fantastic. This is exactly the kind of match that I wanted to have coming into professional wrestling. And to me, there wasn't too much else we could do to better that match and only in a good way. You know, that's one of the matches I can actually go back and watch and not be upset with myself at every single turn. I absolutely love that match. and I love being a part of that match. And it's still probably my absolute favorite to this day is the match between me and Jack Stane. Now as for matches I've seen, um, there's definitely a couple really great matches. I try not to have like the typical favorite matches that everybody has, you know, like the Brock Eddie match, even though it definitely was a big favorite of mine. Um, actually what I saw the other day that became a quick favorite of mine. Uh, and I, the only reason why I could say now it's a quick favorite of mine, because it's, it's too easy to pick because it was so recent. I watched the match about six times in a row. That's how I know it's definitely one of my new favorites now. Uh, it was a match with Kurt Angle versus Charlie Haas. It was whenever they broke up Team Angle. Yeah. At that point in time, obviously, the world's greatest tag team, they were going solo. Well, yeah, I remember that match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, when I was watching it, it was just watching the chain wrestling and how smooth they moved and how, like, I kind of want to be able to do that exact same thing. I want to be able to to go out in the ring and have a wrestling match with somebody and move that smoothly and move with that kind of intent and that kind of aggression and be able to put on that great of a show. And so that's that's kind of what I aim to do is exactly the kind of style that they have. Um, another one that I really liked, um, it would probably be there was there was a match and I know at least the rumors or whatever is that this was some sort of punishment match for Carlito, but it was a match between Ric Flair and Carlito for the IC title. 
And I don't know why. I just really loved the match. Everything was pretty sound in the match, and it definitely looked great on both ends. And it was just an altogether great match. Um, probably, I guess I can just throw in a third one there and be like, ah, that's it, that's it. Um, I would probably say... Let's see if I can remember. Uh, I, I guess I'll have to go with a, one of the typical matches everybody says is one of their favorite matches, and it has to be that, if I remember correctly, I think it was WrestleMania 10, the latter match between Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels. Yep. <laughs> yes. Okay. I want to make sure I had the right WrestleMania. I didn't want you guys to be like, oh, no, this is WrestleMania 9. This is WrestleMania 11. No, this is a SummerSlam. What are you thinking? You're no wrestling historian. You're not as big of a wrestling <laughs> But yeah, that was definitely one of my favorite ladder matches. The only other ladder match that I could say that compares to it for me was the match between Triple H and The Rock for the IC title. And that was definitely one of my favorite ladder matches right up next to it. And those kind of hold the same place for me instead of just one being better than the other. They both kind of hold the same place of being that great of a match for ladder matches. Oh, um, where is Coastal Championship Wrestling? Coastal Championship Wrestling, if I remember correctly... Um, it's ran by a great guy by the name of Neilio. Fantastic dude. And um, I think the promotion is technically based in Miami, but they also uh, do have a second base kind of here in Nashville. Uh, so it'll be obviously a little bit outside of Clarksville here. I think it's about technically from here to Clarksville because I'm, I'm pretty close to Nashville. I'd probably say it's a good like 20, 30 minutes from the area. So it's a... It's a it's, it's a very nice promotion. I think uh, where they operate at was a granite factory or a tile, a tile warehouse, a granite warehouse. But you wouldn't be able to tell through the filming because they have excellent camera quality and they also have excellent camera people and they have great production. And again, fantastic promotion. They just need to, they just need to release the match. That's all they need to do. The match is fire. And I, I just want to see it. I just want to see my baby. That's all I want to see. That match is my baby. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go uh, Google them after we're done so I can kind of check out what they're about. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So um, where all have you been able to travel, you know, thanks to wrestling? Uh, I've definitely never really been the biggest fan of traveling. Uh, but with wrestling, it was kind of something I had to cope with. Just, hey, you're going to have to travel, brother. Uh, places that I've been because of professional wrestling, because I wouldn't say I'm well traveled by any means. I've uh, definitely had a couple shows in Kentucky. I've done uh, a show in Indianapolis. Well, not Indianapolis. I'm sorry, Indiana. It was in Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is actually where, uh, fun fact, I met Mr. Zach Call, one of one of the, probably like the first like friends I met in professional wrestling that was purely just from wrestling. Uh, we were all in a battle royal together uh, for a promotion called Wrestling for Warriors, where they were doing a charity show. And I absolutely loved it. That was one of my best experiences. And honestly, I could probably say that's one of my milestones because I, I love to give back and I try to be, you know, I'm really not trying to humble brag right now, but I want to be able to help others with what I do in my professional wrestling career. Um, and so that's one of my biggest goals besides getting myself my own bit of glory. But uh, Zach Call is the lead singer of the, of the band Downstate. Now, if you ever heard of Downstate, they make a lot of very interesting entrance music. They also have their own, you know, career outside of making wrestling entrance music. So they've actually done quite a bit of songs for the WWE. So yeah. uh, Dolph Ziggler's interesting. Uh, the Miz's. Uh, they recently did Matt Cardona's and then also Chelsea Green's. And then let's see, Cody Rhodes. That's another good one. Cody yeah. Rhodes' current yeah, theme. That is Downstate. Yeah. That is that call you were hearing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's definitely my dude. They actually went and uh, Zach and his brother Justin called. Justin specifically, he he put a lot of work in on the theme song that I came out to for By Any Means Necessary. So right now, we're still missing the lyrics or whatnot. Zach has got to get on there, throw his piece on there. And another person that I have yet to talk to about it yet, but he's going to throw a fire verse on there, too. We're going to have a full and complete song. But even without the lyrics... Everybody in the back was absolutely loving it. They were like, hey, you don't even need lyrics to this. This is so great. And I was like, that's because I love Downstate. They're a fantastic band. And honestly, like, hey, it's not it's not me, you know, being a brown nose or anything like that. They are my favorite band. I love their music. Uh, They're probably one of the most played, like, rock bands that I have on my Spotify channel right now. So uh, that was a great thing for traveling there to Fort Wayne. Uh, 
let's see outside of that let's see i got booked for something in new jersey but unfortunately uh, we had nwa 73 to go to so instead of going to new jersey i got to go to st louis for the first time never been in the state of missouri and i finally got to go to st louis uh obviously atlanta i've never been to the state of georgia so uh atlanta it was a first time thing for me with the nwa being able to go there uh i've also traveled to memphis i haven't been there around that many parts of tennessee until wrestling came along so east tennessee west tennessee other parts of middle tennessee uh so far that's all the places that i've traveled i have a couple other things coming up in the future that i'm trying to get planned out and then obviously with the nwa we try to make for sure that we're kind of traveling all over the place because we want to kind of get that territory feel when it comes to professional wrestling right uh speaking of the nwa what was your reaction when you found out that you were going to be working for what the oldest uh, continuous professional wrestling organization out there? I mean, it's one that I grew up watching. Jalen grew up watching. I mean, what was your reaction when you when you heard you're going to be wrestling for them? Uh, honestly, uh, it was it was kind of shocked because <laughs> again, like you know, I'm my own worst critic, so I was just like, wait, Coach Tom, you think I'm that good to be in? in the very first match are me. So yes, uh, my buddy Sal, my pal Sal, everybody's pal. Uh, he <laughs> said recently in a promo that he had uh, at By Any Means Necessary, he was in the very first match on the very first episode of NWA Power. He's correct and he's also wrong because technically the very first match that was recorded on the show was me and Danny White going up against the wild cards. But whenever you have the show edited out and then place for everybody to see whenever it goes on air, it's Sal Renaro in his first match. So uh, it was it was a big deal to me to be on the first show, to even get to even know that Coach Tom was thinking of me like that to where he was like, yeah, I want to put my best two students forward. Originally, it was supposed to be me and Miguel in that match. Unfortunately, other life like life happens. Things happen. Miguel can be a part of the match. So he's replaced by another one of the guys that I trained with at the Tried and True Pro Academy uh, with Danny White. And so uh, it was still surreal to kind of hear that as, as it was explained to me, oh, they're looking for guys. And, you know, you, you have an opportunity to be on the first show. And I was just like, me, me, hey, I, I mean, you tell me that I'm good, but I like, I, hey, I'm used to people just tell me what I want to hear. And I was always thinking that's you guys have warned me about that in the business. People will tell you what you want to hear. Sometimes it gets you out of your out of their face or just anything else or just tell you what you want to hear. And so it was kind of like the first time I was like, oh, no, this is real. I, I kind of got to put up or shut up on this one. I've been talking all this uh, this big game about what I'm going to do in the pro wrestling world. And now I finally have my opportunity to move up to the next level. So honestly, like. It, it, it felt amazing and it. it felt exciting and it also felt uh, extremely scary extremely yeah. scary because yeah. <laughs> i didn't know what it was for i didn't know it was going to be for a weekly television show i just nwa wants to use your brother what do you want to do of course yeah let me go yeah let's do it and so uh, so have you actually met billy corgan oh yeah yeah okay. no uh, the first time i met billy um because you can probably find those pictures on social media somewhere uh the first time i met billy was at nwa 70 so okay. uh with a lot of stuff with the nwa how like tried and true pro uh crimson billy and the nwa are all intertwined is just because of the fact that um i can't really speak on their origins too much or whatever because obviously i wasn't there years ago whenever they met but uh, when it came to producing some of these live events like NWA 70, where we kind of restarted this whole reboot of the NWA and started having official NWA programs for ourselves, uh, when it comes to the ring, when it comes to the infrastructure and kind of how we're putting everything up, they're working tandem with Try and True Pro to get that all started. So uh, these are things that are headed off by you know Crimson and our, our guys, our students, our ring crew, we're putting that all together with our ring and kind of like making that whole infrastructure, making everything happen when it came to NWA 70, when it came to the last event that we had before power started, which was the NWA pop-up event we had back in January, 2019, if I remember correctly. And so uh, NWA 70, it was just a typical thing you might get in the wrestling business of a, Hey, my name is blah, blah, blah. Let me shake your hand. Go on about your day. 
um, with the pop-up event, it was another, hey, I'm so-and-so, how you doing, going about your day, but it was my first time as a security guy working inside the ring to be one of the security guys sitting around, you know, making sure no fans are going and hitting the ring or anything like that, and lo and behold, when you go to the match that we had, that was the marquee match of the show, David Arquette versus uh, Josephus for a hair versus hair match, you can see whenever you see them make their entrances in one corner where Billy decides to go and sit and watch the match himself out there, he's sitting right next to me. So it was definitely something that was, uh, it was a surreal experience just because I'm obviously, I'm a 90s kid. How am I not going to know who Billy Corgan is? (laughs) But on top of that, uh, on top of that, knowing that he runs the company that now I, I want more than anything to work for. This is the guy I want to work for. This is the guy I need to impress. And I'm sitting there next to him thinking like, okay, how do I make sure I don't mess this up? Am I not, am I looking big enough to where he'll think that, you know, I could wrestle? What, what, what kind of things do I need to do to kind of convince him to be like, you know what, I'm going to give this security guy a shot. So that was kind of things that were running through my head meeting him. And we, you know, we had a few couple like small talk exchanges while we were still sitting there. So yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely met Billy. Um, We've had a few, a few conversations here and there or whatever. And as far as I know, he's at least a big fan of mine. I, I hope yeah, he keeps giving me opportunities, so he must like something I'm doing. No, that, yeah, because I, I think uh, besides wrestling, I'm a big music fan, and so is Dwayne. And I think for me to meet, meet Billy Corgan, I mean, I think that would be. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that would be a mark out moment for me. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, he's definitely a nice guy, and he's yeah. he's he's a great person to meet. And the way that his mind works is is definitely something pretty amazing. And I kind of like I understand how he kind of has a little bit of a cold following, because it's it's kind of nice just to hear him talk. Like he could probably talk about anything, and I'm probably gonna sit here and listen and be like, you know what, you're right, you're right, <laughs> you're, saying, you're right. You got the right voice, the right cadence. I'm with you there. What 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 are we talking about? I don't care. I'm I'm keep talking, keep talking. <laughs> I'd be tempted to talk guitar with him also because I also play, uh, but I'm pretty sure, you know, it'd be, um, depending on where we're at. If I'm at a rock concert, yeah, hey, let's talk guitar. But if we're at a wrestling show, I'm pretty sure he, he wants to focus on the wrestling. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that's one of the great things about him uh, when it comes to the NWA stuff is that he likes to definitely, and, and you know, you wouldn't expect that with somebody who's the world famous multimillionaire rock star that, you know, maybe they'd be in their own ego. That's what you'd probably expect for him. No the most important thing is getting the NWA out there as a professional wrestling organization, not a professional wrestling organization backed by Billy Corgan. He wants it to be its own thing. He wants it to be more important than he is when it comes to this venture. And, you know, he's at the end of the day in, in the best way possible, because some people say this in a negative way or whatever, not specifically about Billy, but just about people in general that are in the business. He's a fan. He's somebody that, he respects the business and he only wants to do things to better it. And that's something that we kind of share a passion with where we want to leave the business better than we found it. We want to do whatever we possibly can to kind of improve something that we absolutely love. And that's where like, you know, for me and him, I feel like that's a kind of kindred spirit thing. And that's where I respect him a whole bunch because anybody else, they could, you know, put themselves on TV all the time, make themselves front and center, involve themselves in every storyline and really try to get themselves over here and there. And Billy doesn't do it. That's the last thing on his mind. And he's never concerned about that. And honestly, I respect that because anybody can do that. I mean, me, myself, I'm not always the biggest person to put myself front and center and everything, but I probably couldn't resist doing that myself, especially if I was like, Hey, I'm the biggest star here. I might as well do this. <laughs> and he doesn't he has that kind of restraint to understand and respect everybody in our hard work to try to put us first. He's giving people opportunities that they normally would not have. He's putting that to the front, to, to the front of people's eyes as much as he possibly can, as much as he possibly can. And I really appreciate that because, Hey, like I said, other people may not do that. They may not be that gracious. They may not be that, that humble to do that. Cool. Uh, so what are some of the upcoming events you have coming up? Ah, so uh, obviously, uh, I, I guess I'll keep this NWA-centric. Uh, obviously, we have uh, kind of the culmination of this season of uh, professional wrestling here with NWA Power. We have uh, our next pay-per-view, which will be in December. If I remember correctly, it's uh, December 4th. Uh, 
and that should be hard times too. It's, I love the name hard times. I love the fact that it's kind of like a dusty centric, like uh, mm-hmm. tribute to him to have a whole pay-per-view for that. So it means a lot to me because Dusty's another one of my favorites to watch. Uh, and so that's going to be the next milestone that we get to the next, the next mile marker on this trip of uh, the NWA journey. And I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we have obviously since uh, power is a little bit pre-recorded, yeah, just pull back the curtain a little bit. Uh, those next power tapings, kind of seeing what's going to be going down for next season, and kind of seeing where where I'm headed. Seeing seeing the next opportunity to to be better, to get better, and to possibly hold something around my waist. Hopefully that happens for me sooner than later. But I know that if it doesn't happen, then it will happen at some point. And so those are the things I'm kind of looking forward to right now. I have plans to get myself out. Uh, a little bit further out than Tennessee. I'm not one of the guys who works the most on the Indies, but I definitely want to change that and travel around a lot more uh, come 2022. So I'm trying to get my ducks in a row and get everything ready because one of the places that I really want to work in, and it, it may sound a little bit weird to some people, especially to some people that may live there and they don't just see it as this big deal like I do. It's kind of a big deal for me to go and wrestle in North Carolina. I want to start hitting up the Indies there and do a bit more work there. I kind of want to be somebody who's booked on WrestleCade. WrestleCade has always been something a lot of, uh, you know, our guys are booked on, you know, like Crimson, Jax, Crazy Steve. Um, And I've never been there. I've never been to WrestleCade. I've always heard it's such a fantastic experience. And honestly, I think that one of the requirements before I ever get booked on WrestleCade is just to start wrestling around that area. It's something I haven't done. Uh, So that's the next state I want to get into. Um, I definitely want to... See if I can do a little bit more in the Southeast. Go to some states I've never been to before. I've never been to Louisiana. I'm a big Saints fan. I love the New Orleans Saints, and I've never been to New Orleans. Never. Not a single day in my life. Um, I think the closest I've ever been to Louisiana is driving through from here to Texas. And that wasn't even for a wrestling thing. That was just to go see a family member. So I kind of want to break into a couple of states. So um, I'm definitely talking to promoters as much as I can and Obviously, if they want to reach out, you know, your boy's ready. Uh, <laughs> but those are some of my plans. Uh, I have, you know, a potential date that's going to be coming up possibly in January. Um, it'll be in Indiana. But uh, I won't reveal that until, you know, everything's set in stone. I don't like to, you know, start, like, you know, possibly throwing out rumors out there of stuff that, I hey, I can't guarantee is going to happen. So that's kind of my current plans. So obviously, keep rocking with the NWA. Uh, and you know, get out into a couple of states that I'm looking to set my sights on for 2022. I'll have to admit I'm kind of partial to North Carolina because that's where I was born and where I lived for 15 years before I moved to Hoptown. Uh, so definitely, if you, I, I'm, I'm pulling for you to go to North Carolina because I'm, I, I love that state. <laughs> so, uh, and Dwaylon is also a Tar Heel fan. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, Plus, because that's just a historic. You know, that's just historically a great wrestling area. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I was, uh, I was a little disappointed uh, that I didn't get to go to the Crockett cup whenever it happened in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I was very excited to be a part of that. Uh, but unfortunately wasn't in the cards for me to be there. So I never got to go. So I'm, I'm hoping that when we have the Crockett cup this year, which I'm hoping we have the Crockett cup, I would, I would like to be in the Crockett cup. I mean, tag team wrestling is definitely a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Um, you know, hopefully I gets to be in North Carolina again and I get to wrestle there because, like I said, that's a that's a small achievement for me that I really want to do. That's going to be it's going to feel pretty big to me. I have some friends out in North Carolina. My younger sister uh, lives out in North Carolina, and it'd be great to kind of see her and say, hey, I'm going to the show. You want to come with me? Uh, also, one of my friends uh, in the NWA, he's not exactly. Um, he's not the nicest guy to everybody, as we've seen on camera and possibly backstage. You never know. Uh, Colby Carino's out there, and he's af- he's definitely somebody that I'm looking towards to uh, work with in the future. And then also kind of working around the area, I've told him about how much I kind of look up to the guys that wrestle in North Carolina because it's just a great state for wrestling. You've got mm-hmm. so many people that come from there that go to the go to the big companies, WWE, NWA, obviously, uh, AEW. So it's kind of like it's a place that really breeds champions to me. So it's something I want to be a part of. I want to be able to see if I can kind of hang in that North Carolina area and see what's so great. What's in the water that's making all these champions. That's making all these fantastic stars. What's, what's going on in North Carolina. I'd got to see about that myself. You know, um, 
Well, for the Hardy Boys, I'd say it's probably the pine trees in the area. <laughs> oh, pine trees. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because where where I lived in North Carolina, um, they're they're close to my age, just a couple years younger, and mm-hmm. they actually um are we're actually from the same county. I actually have family who know them. They actually went to high school with them. You know, um, but yeah, so that area is known for the pine trees. Also known for golf too, but you know that's another story. <laughs> but um, yeah. So it, you're you're talking about if someone's got hold of you for bookings, how would they do that? What is like your contact info for bookings? Ah, uh, so at least my booking email uh, is wrestlemims92. Obviously, wrestle my last name. Uh, hopefully, people spell it right. Some people mess it up. They throw three M's there. I don't know how you get an M I M M S. It's on my trunks. It's on my. It's on my singlet. It's on everything. Anyways, uh, so wrestlemims92 at gmail.com. That is my email for that. Uh, easily because of my socials all kind of being tied together by the same thing. Uh, my socials, even my Xbox gamer tag, is all really underscore mims. And so with my Instagram, I do have a little fancy button over there just to contact me. And that goes directly to that same email I talked about before. So that's the easiest way to contact me when it comes to, to bookings or anything else like that. And, you know, I use a reply to everything. I'm not exactly somebody who likes to shun anybody. I'll be honest with you about what dates I have and what dates I don't have. And uh, by, all, uh, by all means, I look forward to it, especially if, you know, North Carolina comes to calling. Oh, yeah. Uh, your singlet. Now, we were talking about this before we started recording, and you said that you were going to tell us about your singlet. What does it say on the front of your singlet? Ah, so it says Big Strong Mims. So the thing about Big Strong Mims, it's, 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 a, it's, a, pretty, it's a pretty cool little nickname. So obviously, Mims is my real last name. My name is actually Matthew Mims, so that is me. Uh, so, you know, where the whole big strong thing came from it was from i think i have it posted somewhere like a clip of it from a student show it was one of my other favorite like tag team matches me and miguel had and uh it was a little joke i I can't remember who started it i think it was like a training thing or at least at that uh at least at that student show where they kept calling me big strong boy so what i did was i had somebody in spine buster I do this move from time to time. I picked him up. I just yelled out big, strong boy. And I flexed my muscle and I slammed him down. Absolutely slammed him all the way down through the ring. And so from there, I was like, you know what? People really like that big, strong boy thing. You know, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep that going. I'm going to keep that going. And so uh, I even brought that to the NWA with me. And uh, when we came back from the pandemic, even the crowd, you can hear them chanting, big, strong boy, big, strong boy. And it rolls off the tongue really well. And I'm like, oh, man, I love this. I love that. Mm, I love how it feels on my lips. Mm, big, strong boy. Fantastic. <laughs> love that idea. And so the audience loved it. I loved it. And I was like, you know, I'm going to keep this going. And then I got the advice. Uh, Joe Galley gave me great advice about this. He was like, you know what? He was like, Mims, you're a big guy. You're a big man. So he was like, drop the boy part. He was like, you can be a big, strong man or big, strong something. He was like, drop the boy part. He was like, you know, with, with, with AEW, you got, you got Jungle Boy, who they're trying to transition him into Jungle Man because you don't want to be a boy anymore. He was like, it, and he was like you're bigger than most of the roster in AEW. You're, you're a big guy even on the NWA roster. And you're still big regardless. In NWA, we're a roster of very large men. Like, at, yeah, don't, don't let guys. the cameras fool you. Yeah, there's some big guys that work in the NWA. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ty- Tyrus is definitely all of 6'6", six, six and probably probably in the, the, the high threes or the, or the, the low fours. Uh, you know, a lot of our guys are, are pushing 6'4", six, 6'5", six, stuff like that. Trevor's, Trevor's one of the – Trevor Murdoch. Absolutely love Trevor Murdoch. He is one of the biggest human beings I've ever met. That man is absolutely large, and honestly – like I remember watching him as a kid. He he scared me then. He was he was definitely a fantastic heel and he was a scary guy then. I didn't realize whenever I grew up he was still gonna be huge. I didn't think he was as big because WB's and the Giants. No, that man is an absolute monster of man. He is he is a mountain of a monster of a man. So uh and that's most of the roster, you know. And me myself, I'm not the tallest guy in the world, but I'm definitely big. I'm definitely somebody who has a lot of size. I mean, I have a powerlifter background. If I wasn't that big, I wouldn't be on the show. Definitely wouldn't be calling myself Big Strong Mims. But with, with Gatley giving me that advice, and it was really good advice. It was kind of something to kind of lead me into the future, make it future-proof instead of being something where people were like, oh, well, yeah, you're just a boy in a, in a man's promotion. Because 
with the NWA, we like to flaunt the fact that, you know, we're a lot of people with size. We're, 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 we're grown men and grown women. You know, these are going to be some of the bigger women, some of the more threatening women, the people that you can really believe exactly what they're selling when it comes to how aggressive, how violent they are, and how much of a threat they can be. You know, we, we sell that when it comes to our women's roster. We sell that when it comes to our men's roster. So we're giving you the biggest and the best in professional wrestling. So we don't have room for girls and boys. We have room for grown men, grown women, you know? And so that's kind of what Joe Galley was getting at. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, where, where, where do I go with this? What is something that rolls off the tongue? Because big, strong man doesn't really roll off the tongue. It, it, it works, but it's just not for me. And so I was looking, I was trying to be outside of the box. I had so many different ideas and I was like, oh, nothing, nothing works. And it was literally Occam's razor type of situation. The simplest solution is usually the best solution. Occam's razor. Use my last name, Big Strong Mims. Hey, they don't want me to call myself Matthew Mims. That just sounds like a regular guy. If I just go by Mims, just a singular name, you know, I sound like a star. I sound like something that's larger than life. And I am, I'm a star, I'm a larger than life. I believe that, the people believe that because it's true. And so why not add in big, strong Mims? And so that's where we kind of got the name from because can't be a big, strong boy. I'm not a small, I'm not a small man. I'm not a, I'm not a small boy. Never been a day in my life. Even growing up, I was always bigger than everybody else. So why, why call myself a boy? Whenever I haven't looked like a boy since I was probably 11 years old. So that's, that's where we kind of came to that name. And it's just, I'm glad that I finally got to get it on my, my gear now. So people can kind of understand that whenever I do the little pose that I do whenever they introduce me and it's like the big, strong mims, people can kind of go along with it because they know exactly what I'm saying. There's no, there's no confusion because I can just right here, right here, right here. I know we can all read. Here you go. There you go. Yeah, because I, I like that because when I heard the chants going, honestly, and I don't know how you feel about the guy, but Ryback, it actually kind of reminded me of the feed me more type thing. Hmm. I mean, hey, when it comes to the wrestling business, I have no negative feelings about anybody. And I mean, in general, my philosophy is that, you know, um, when it comes to anybody having a problem with me, it's just that their problem, not mine. Right. So there you go. Uh, and that's not to say that anybody in the business doesn't like me. If they don't, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm a pretty positive guy. I don't like to be pretty positive. So uh, as far as that goes, when it comes to Ryback, always been a big fan. Yeah. Love I thought you did so, like him. Yeah, so. Oh, yeah. No, I, I loved Ryback, too. And I thought, like, Ryback's was, like, it was it was one of my favorite tag teams during that era whenever uh, he was still there. Loved Ryback's. It was, it was absolutely great. I think they worked really well together as a tag team. And honestly, I just want to see more of them. And Ryback, like, you know, I was, I was a big fan of his. He's a big dude. He was, like... He was like if Goldberg ate Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I also love Goldberg, too. So you're just getting double double the Goldberg. Like, why would I not like this? Like, <laughs> uh, give me two of the things that I already like. Yeah. OK, that's great. Uh, so you would you were talking about your social media earlier. Uh, what are all your accounts? Because I, I know I have you on Facebook. I think I might follow on Instagram. Um, is just search for Matthew Mims. Oh, it's just a search for really like, hey, I'm really that guy, uh, really underscore Mims. So it's I try to keep it pretty simple across everything. Uh, I even changed my Xbox gamer tag to that just so like I know if people wanted to, you know, play something that I play all the time or whatever, it'd be easier to find me than just saying, hey, well, this is it here and this is it there and this is it there, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so for at least everything that's public, you know, for my wrestling and stuff like that, and for fans to kind of follow what I'm doing, uh, it's always just going to be really underscore Mims, just super simple. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll have to go and check and make sure I have that. And Joelanda, you already uh, follow them on both, don't you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and another question, uh, and this is actually something we ask everybody. Um, and actually I will have to tell a story cause it's actually going to be about like, it's going to be a music question, but I told Joelan the story, uh, earlier, I think yesterday, um, mm -hmm. my family, they always check with me to make sure they say, Hey, do you have a podcast tonight? Hey, do you have a podcast? And I said, no, but I have one. I told him such I said, I have one tomorrow night. I'm interviewing a guy named Matthew Mims. He's part of the NWA. Then my son Googles NWA and he gets all confused because he said, 
why are you interviewing somebody from a rap group? <laughs> so, I had to explain, no, 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 not that NWA. I like that NWA. You know, that's, that's coming from way back, you know, because we could even throw that in there now, you know, straight out of Hoptown, crazy podcaster named Dwaylin. You know? So we could throw that in there, but uh, I just thought I'd, I had to tell you that story because I, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> you know, he was, he was only 11, so he was a little confused. Um, but on a typical road trip, what is on your music playlist? Ah, all right. Uh, I'd probably say we, I'll just, I'll narrow it down to like two artists. I'm a big fan of NERD. So uh, pretty much I'm somebody who thinks that Pharrell Williams can never do any wrong. Every song is fantastic. I mean, I've always loved like him and Snoop Dogg collabing. Every single thing they put out was gold. Him and Justin Timberlake, everything was gold. Just absolute, just mwah, chef's kiss, just the best I've ever heard. Uh, that, and I was a big fan of Kanye growing up. Uh, so definitely a lot of like older Kanye work. I mean, the newer stuff, like I, I can kind of get with a little bit of it, but some of it just kind of is in my forte, but I definitely love like his first five albums. His first five albums, they're all like, there are at least three of them in my top five. My, my absolute favorite album of all time is still Late Registration. Absolutely my absolute favorite. Every track is a fantastic track. College Dropout and Graduation are fighting for second place. And then My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. That one at first, it, it didn't hook me as much when it first came out. I was still in college at the time. And I guess I just really wasn't processing the music the way I should. Because honestly, now it's it's definitely in that in that top four, top three, uh, that area, just because I, I, I've, I've dove a little bit deeper into it. So, you know, music always sounds different almost every time you listen to it, if you decide yeah. to listen to it in a different way. So uh, it's definitely something that's grown on me in a different way. And, you know, those will probably be the two artists, number one, I'd probably go to for something I know is always going to be good. Oh, wow. So, Joel, that seems to be a common thing it is old Kanye, not necessarily new Kanye. Yeah. Old, uh, <laughs> old Kanye was classic. Yeah. You, college dropout, late registration, graduation. Yeah, you can't go wrong with those. Oh yeah, definitely. I think with new Kanye, all it is that like, you know, it's 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 more modern. It's something that kind of I guess when it comes to newer Kanye, it has a I would say some music can be dated, and it's not not always in a bad way. It's like um, I absolutely love Fifty Cent, love everything Fifty Cent makes. I've actually the last two months I was on a big 50 cent kick listening to all the 50 cent music I used to listen to in like middle school like listen to G unit listen to the massacre I uh, listen to get rich or die trying uh, and I feel like that's music for a lot of 50s music especially at that time it's something that's like a product of its time yeah it's something that's great within the, the the eyes of that time and there's definitely some stuff that 50 made that was definitely classic I feel like the entire first G unit album classic it can work anywhere anytime it always works uh same thing with kanye's music for his first five first five albums work anytime anywhere any era of music they work uh the newer kanye i feel like they may be like era specific yeah. and that's when, like ah it's a product of his time uh 50 cent was definitely an artist i used to say that he was like a product of his time uh but a majority of his like majority of his catalog is definitely something you can kind of take outside of that it still works yeah. But he just kind of has a voice that kind of sounds like it's from a certain time. It's like it's yeah. a certain period of time. This really, really works well. In other places, it may not work so well. So yeah. I think that's where like I kind of have a fall off of Kanye. Oh, so, uh, Joellen, you have any more any more questions or anything? No, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, man. It really has. Yeah, yeah I appreciate we, you. Oh uh, no, man. We trust me. The appreciations on on this side, you know, on mine and Joellen's side, because we've been. We've been looking forward to this one for a while, and uh, Dwellin told me not too long ago, he said, hey, I think we can get Mims in November. I'm like, all right, that sounds good to me. So uh, do you have any any more th information, any last words, any messages for anybody? Oh, uh, no, it's just, say, hey, the, the, the usual message. Let me let me be a little bit of a, like a product pusher. Uh, <laughs> obviously, watch NWA Power on Fight TV exclusively you know, every Tuesday, 6.05 p.m. Definitely, you know, look out for hard times, too. I mean, it's going to be a great pay-per-view. I personally have no idea what I'm doing on that show. <laughs> but I can almost, almost 95 to 90% guarantee you I'm probably going to be on that show or at least backstage eating catering while it's going on. So <laughs> I'd say look out for that. Um, 
you know, had, hey, anybody who's within the sound of my voice, help me get booked in North Carolina. Help me be a North Kakalaki boy. I just want to be one of those North Carolina legends that everybody talks about. It's like, hey, I've already done the Georgia thing, and I'd love to work more in Georgia. But now it's going to another very historic state of North Carolina. I want to be there too. I want to. I want to feel that history. I want to feel some of that. Some of that NWA pride. You know, you feel it when you walk in. When you walk into the arenas there, you know, the states are really big for the NWA. You you, you feel it. And so I'm trying to feel more of that. That's what I'm trying to get to. Hey, so almost Stargate. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. I wish we could do Starcade again. Yeah, you know, I think WWE has the rights to it, but yeah. You know. Yeah, you hey, see how thrilled we are about that. <laughs> hey, WWE, they, hey, they wouldn't be afloat if they didn't know what they're doing. It, hey, it's Very probably true. a great place to work. And as far as I've seen, it's it's still the goal for a lot of people. And and for me, it can still be the goal. Like, I, I think, you know, the WrestleMania moment, it's just that. It is a WrestleMania moment. It's something that everybody wants to have. I want to have it myself. You know, I'm very content in the NWA, and this is pretty much where I want to stay for the entirety of me of my career. If I could work both at the same time, that'd be fantastic. Because I mean, it'd fulfill that boyhood dream of having that WrestleMania moment. But also, I could have that NWA whatever anniversary it is, because I feel like that's our WrestleMania now is having like NWA anniversary show. So whatever NWA anniversary show, I want to have that moment. We can make that our WrestleMania and have it just as big and compete. You know, so. Uh, but still, yeah. If we can get Starcade back, that'd be great. Maybe, maybe a Halloween havoc. This is a treat. Just <laughs> one Halloween havoc. Yeah. yeah. I want to be able to come out and like, you know, hey, it's Halloween. I'm not the biggest holiday guy, but Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. Uh, it's me not being that holiday guy, you know, I want to maybe come out dressed as you know the Harlem Heat. They're definitely one of my favorite tag teams. So I want to do that for Halloween for the Halloween havoc. That'd be great. That'd be cool. Love it, but right. yeah, yeah, well, cool, man. Yeah, definitely. We appreciate you coming on, and we're gonna have to have you on again. This has been fun. Absolutely. Oh, of yeah. course, this is always fun. Always oh, yeah. Fun. So, hopefully, we'll be seeing some gold around your waist here soon. But you know, but for now, we will go ahead and say goodbye and thank you so much, and God bless. All right, thank you, sir. God bless, man. <laughs>